Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Awesome. You can, you can take a seat. And uh, yeah, we did have a great week and uh, every session was, uh, was good. Every, every session was probably different and uh, we had some great uh, men of God and speakers and, and uh, had Levi Lusco there from America. I don't know if some of you heard it, but he wrote the book about, um, it's called, it's got a, like, the title's got a line in it and it's about his daughter who died and, and it's incredible. It's a world best-selling book. He's only a young guy. and So he spoke and he was an incredible uh, speaker and, and there's many things that happened and, and uh, yeah, it was hot, but we had a great week and had kids that were impacted and, and uh, I just want to share this one thing just briefly and someone sent me this, um, that conference and uh, about their life being impacted and it said, I'm not sure exactly what I got out of this week. I got no massive revelation or anything, but I do know that I went there full of hate, and if that hate is a liquid and I'm a bottle, I feel like the bottle has been pierced and that hate has been emptied. And that's how I feel now, empty. Now I need to be refilled by God. And, uh, you know, and God encounters people, and uh, there was, uh, you know, in His presence, and, and God didn't, there was people lay, lay hands on people, and people, uh, a girl that uh, had crutches and uh, had an injury to her foot was healed, and, and uh, people were laying hands on people being healed in certain meetings and certain services, and just incredible things were happening, and a whole bunch of young people got saved on one night, uh, between one and two hundred responded to the gospel, and, and just God was doing uh, great things. And, and this morning, um, I want to talk about three words, three words God gave before I went to conference. And when I was at conference, um, God sort of added some things to it as I was sitting some of the sessions. A few things that uh, a few of the speakers said jumped out at me, and I grabbed them. I'm going to share them this morning. And the three words God gave me I want to talk about today is presence, power, and purpose. Presence, power, and purpose. And and there's a phrase that God gave me that goes with that. It says, in God's presence, His power is released and His purpose is revealed. In His presence, His power is released and His purpose in your life and in my life is revealed to you in His presence. There's a person in the Bible named Moses who uh, knew about the presence of God um, just as good as anyone else. And he often and he talks about it here in this encounter with, with God. And he knew how important the presence of God is. And, um, and out of this passage of Scripture, we can learn a few things about the presence of God. In Exodus 33, verse 12 to 23, God's, uh, Moses is having a conversation with God. And he says, One day Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. So they've been wandering in the desert, the nation of Israel, for a long time and, and all kinds of stuff's going on. They were complaining, the people were complaining and this was happening and was delaying their entry into the promised land because they were whinging complaining so much about God, what He was doing and then what He wasn't doing and all the rest of it. And uh, God was getting frustrated with them and a bit angry with them and saying, well, if you're going to, until your attitude changes, you're going to wander around this desert a bit longer. And so He says to God, you know, you've, you've said you're going to take these people to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you'll send with me. You told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more. So that's, a, that's about purpose. That's understanding about God, what God wants. And he wants to say, you understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you. That's presence. 
personally, if you want to know what the presence, we come into church, the presence of God is in this place, whether you realize it or not. And God and God's presence isn't just limited to a building like it was in the Old Testament or place. When Jesus died on the cross, the curtain was ripped open and the Holy of Holies, God came out. His presence was, is everywhere. His presence is available. He's with you wherever you go. Mary Lynn said before, He lives on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And so God's presence is with us. And if you, another way to look at it is that God is personally with you. He's personally with you. I will personally go with you, Moses. I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name Yahweh before you. For I show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly into my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near me by this rock, and as my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I'll remove my hand, and you may let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. That's a pretty awesome encounter with God. We learn some things about the presence of God. We learn that, that Moses understands about the presence of God. He understands the importance of God's presence. They had, you know, the, the nation of Israel, there was hundreds of thousands of people. They had the resources and the possessions to go and just do it themselves. They could just go and pick a bit of land or we're just, look we're just going to go on the promised land ourselves and it's over here we know you know we know it's this direction we're just going to go and do it and so they could have tried to just and they thought you know well I was going to build it build a city build a town build our nation here we've got stuff to do it we'll find a good spot and do it ourselves you know and, and in life there's people that do that they you know in our world we live they build they build business and successful things and and a life or whatever and separate from God. So, well, I've got the resources and ideas. And they build it, and they build it, and the world goes, oh, that's awesome what they've built and all that. But the thing is, I've learned this. You can go and do that, but you'll never reach the potential you would have reached if God went with you. If God's in on it, and He's personally with you, and His presence is with you, and He's leading you and giving you purpose and ideas and saying, do this, do that, do that. He, he could say, yeah, well, that's good what they built over there, but it would be far greater if my hand was upon it. And so Moses, that's what he understood. He said, we, we aren't going anywhere, God. That's what he says in this conversation. We're not going anywhere unless you come with us. Well, I'm, not, I'm not going to budge. We're not going to leave this part of land unless you say go. If, I'm not going to walk out of this place with all these people and leave you behind. We want you to be with us because we need you. He understood that my strength, everything we are, all that I, we can't do it without you. We can't go into that land and take that land without you. You are our strength. You are our help. You read all through the book of Exodus when they're in the desert wandering around and, and all this stuff. And God miraculously helped them. He, you know, when in, in his presence, there's supernatural power. 
there's supernatural provision. And so he protected them. So they're, they're fleeing from Egypt right at the start. And Pharaoh decides, we're going to pursue them. We're going to kill them all. They can't leave. We're going to bring them back. Whatever they're going to do, he's angry. And God stops them with the cloud in the, in the daytime and, stop, and stops them from um, coming after them and, and prevents them from getting close. And he opens up the Red Sea and they walk through. And, and it's uh, protection. And, and God protected them many times for many different things and many battles and things in the future. He also provided for them with food. At night, starts raining food. In the morning, they wake up, food all over the ground. There's quail, and then they got a complaint. They got sick of eating the same food, and they're whinging about it. But God provided for them. They were thirsty, and he provided water running out of a rock. He said, oh, that's great, but the water fed millions of people. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like, oh, there's 20 of us, need some water. Oh, yeah, little trickle, pitch a cup. No, enough water for millions of people. Enough, enough water for the whole of Brisbane came out of a rock. And so that just doesn't happen unless it's supernaturally provided by God. And so God provided for them. And Moses knew all this. And he said, if your presence isn't with us, then we're not going anywhere. Because he understood we needed God's power and we needed his presence. We needed God's purpose in our life. We need to know what God wants us to do. God said, move here, move there. He gave them the moves. He put them in the right place at the right time. He'll do the same in your life. He'll do the same in my life. But it's all connected to his presence, him personally being with you. He made two personal, powerful statements. It's for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. It's the same today. His presence, the Spirit of God living inside of us, your relationship with Jesus sets you apart from those that don't know Him. God loves them. God wants them to know Him as well. But you've been set apart. You've been anointed. His powers are within you. His purpose is within you. He wants you to do great and mighty things for Him because He's inside you. You're marked by Him. There's a responsibility that comes upon your life when you know Him to reveal Him to other people. And so we see that they're set apart. Because of God's presence, they were different to other people. Moses responded also that, then show me your glorious presence, he said to God. And the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. What do we learn about that? That in God's presence is all his goodness. In his presence is all his goodness. All that you need is found in his presence. When, when Jesus was walking the earth and, you know, because he carried God's presence. He was the son of God. And so they encountered God's presence every time they met Jesus. Everything they needed was found in him. There wasn't any miracle that was too hard. The person was dead. Well, he can raise them back to life. The person was sick. They can be healed. People need to be fed or we can multiply food and feed them. There wasn't anything that was too hard and it came out of God's presence. He was personally with them. So because of the Holy Spirit, His presence is always around us, but sometimes we either aren't aware of it or we're tuned, we aren't tuned into it. It's like you can be 
church, you might sort of, oh, I had a great day at church and God's presence was there and you kind of get tuned into it, but then you can be like halfway through the week and, and it's kind of like so you get some stuff happen and, and situations happen and suddenly maybe that morning it's not like you're not conscious of like God being with you or His presence with you and you have a tough day and you get to the end of the day thinking, man, what's going on? And then you suddenly go, well, I didn't include God in any of it. He's, he doesn't mean He wasn't there. But it's when you stop and when you're aware of His presence and you say, I'm trying to do all this in my own strength, but I need His strength. I need, oh God, I need your strength in this situation. This is overwhelming me right now, but you have the strength. You have the resource. You have everything I need in your presence because you are personally with me. And if I just look to you and step back for a moment and say, God, will you take control? Suddenly, the weight's lifted off. And so sometimes we, aren't, we sort of aren't aware of His presence or we, we get you know, tuned out to His presence. So we need to know how to tune ourselves in to God's presence. And I'll talk about that for a moment. We need to know how to tune ourselves in. And one of the best ways I know to do that is through praise and worship. And that's why when we have a service on a Sunday, and I'm going to talk about the context of a service for this next bit, that you, know, you can take this into life, you can take this in your family, in your home, whatever, but I'm going to talk about a service to make us, so it's just one thing to, to learn about. That you, know, you, can, you can like go through life and, and, uh, and you can sort of be unaware of His presence and struggle, but God wants us to be aware. So praise and worship gets us into a place where our hearts open up to God. Praise and worship enables you to feel His presence and to encounter Him. And so, you know, we sort of walk into church sometimes and, and you know, and, and it's, sometimes it's easy for some people to encounter God. And it's like, well, for a moment, it's like they're switched on straight away. And for others, it maybe takes the whole service. And for some, it kind of kicks in halfway through. Talk about that in a moment. But one thing praise isn't and this and, got, and someone said this at a conference and I just grabbed a hold of this that praise isn't hype and um, you know and I've heard some people say oh no, they've watched you know they've watched a you know a, a conference or a Hillsong conference or something or worship event or something that's going on and there were lots of people and just people on the outside go oh that's just all hype they're just all hype and all that no no it's not this is what a definition of hype is a deception carried out for the sake of publicity. To promote or to publicize a product or an idea. To intensively, often exaggerating its benefits. And so it's like hype is like, and hype is like, you know, people hype, get people hyped up about a situation, about a thing. And, and, uh, or hyped up, you know, about uh, something that's going on. We, saw, we see it in elections and we saw it in the presidential election in America and, and uh, in the streets sometimes. And people are protesting against this or protesting that. And, and it could be, you know, we've seen it in our country at times a, a group of people get, um, you know, they have an idea or something, and I don't think that's right or whatever. But what happens is in America, they were actually paying, there's a group of people, they were paying people to walk onto the streets to actually hype people up and just come, just getting people together and say, come and, come and protest with me, come and do this, come and do that. And this reporter went, went and deliberately went in there and thought, what, you know, what's going on? I want to see if people actually know what they're actually doing and why they're doing it. And he goes and interviews all these people, and there's a video of it you can watch, and he goes and asks people about, you know, what are you doing here, why are you doing that, what's the purpose and all that? And they go, oh, oh they just, I just come along with them. 
Oh, and then and answers were like that shallow. Oh, I'm just here because my friend's here. And, and uh, oh, but you know what you're doing? Oh, well, no, I'm just, someone said, hold this. And so they were, and that was, it was that, for, and that was serious. And, that, and, he's, and he, at the end of it, he had this statement. He said, half these people I talked to didn't even know what they were doing or what they were doing. They were just totally hyped up. It's like, who loves TV commercials? The ones that go for 10 minutes about a product? It's a whole channel of them you can watch. It's great fun. And, um, and they talk about a product, many different products, vacuum cleaners, blenders. Blenders that will change your life. We did. Not off the TV, though. And they sell products like, you know, vacuum cleaners, and they'll, and you'll get, you get some people that are like normal about it, but then you get the people trying to sell it that are that far over the top, like salvation is found in the vacuum cleaner. It's like this vacuum cleaner will change your whole family, your life for decades to come. Your house will be changed forever. You'll be changed forever. Does everything. It makes coffee, does everything. Spills coffee, makes coffee, does it, cleans it up, you know. And so, and you know what I mean. There's, there's, and so you see them and, you, and I get to a point and some people get so far over the top, so hyped up that I'm like, this is just ridiculous. I have to turn the channel over. I can't handle any more of that. Because there, it gets to a point where it turns into hype, where it turns into like, they don't care about you. They don't care about the product really. What they care about is how much money they can make out of this product they're trying to sell to people. And so they portray it like it's awesome, but their hidden agenda isn't really that. Hype a deception carried out for the sake of publicity, to try and sell a product, to promote something. I want to tell you, our praise is not like that. Our praise is not hype. We're not here to sell a product. We're not here to, you know, go, it's go this, that, or the other. Our praise is supernatural. There's a supernatural encounter of God that happens in praise. It has a purpose. Praise has a purpose. It's a relationship with God. It's a purpose of in people encountering, coming into the presence of God and encountering Him. Our praise is towards somebody. Our praise is towards God. Our praise brings us into the presence of God to encounter His power and to see His purpose revealed in our lives. You know, and sometimes, like I said before, it's... it's uh, some people like you, they arrive at church and they, they're like ready to go. They're like ready to go and they can be, you know, you'll be sitting in church and, and they might be sitting over here, sitting down and, and all of a sudden the countdown will come on the screen and it's got like 40 seconds to go. They'll just stand up. They're like stand up and they start clapping, you know, with the come on and they're like swaying forward. Like, they're like they're ready to go because they're anticipating what's about to happen. They're anticipating, I'm here to praise God. I'm here to worship God. And so they're, they're ready to go and they're, they're already ready to praise before the first note has been played, before the bands, before it's even on, on the bands on stage, they're ready to go. And, and it's not about them. It's not about like them thinking, well, what are other people going to think? It's they're there. I'm God. I'm here to worship you. I'm here to praise you. And then if their praise affects other people around them or causes them to be encounter God, then and so be it. But they are there, ready to go. And you can have other people sitting in the same service, and they're like over here, 
And they're, they're like just sitting down and they see that person stand up and they're like, what are they doing? They must really love the countdown. <laughs> and then, and it's like, gee, they're a bit excited. They're like, just, just settle down. Just, you can, the, the band's not there yet. They haven't played anything yet. You don't have to stand up yet. No one said to stand up. Who says no one has to stand up or sit down? You can, if you want to stand up and praise anytime you want, that's fine with me. But the, and so they kind of go, oh, they, they, but they're kind of like sitting there, not switched on to what's about to happen. And sometimes, and I'm not trying to judge anybody doing like that, I'm just talking about church in general, it happens in every church. And so sometimes it's like, but then it's like, after the first or second song, it's kind of like, sometimes it takes us some time to like, you can be sitting there in the praise, and there's a whole lot of stuff going on in your head. Who's been there? Oh, what am I going to have for lunch today? Oh, I forgot to post that thing on Facebook. Oh, that video, that was really good yesterday too. I would have got a lot of likes off that. And so... And I'll have to do it straight after the service. And so there's a, you know, and you can have all this stuff going on. You can have other things going on as well. You know, that's some funny things. But you can have stuff, you know, you've had a hard week at work and there's some, and your figures are going through your head. And that's going through your head. You're like, oh, I've got to do this or that. But you've got to understand you're in a place and God's presence is here. All that you need. All that you need for your business, all that you need for work, to resolve that problem, to fix that thing, to help that, it's all found in Him. It's all found in His presence. And the very, sometimes we can, we can sort of pull ourselves aside out of the very thing that is there to help us. And when you say, no, I'm going to put that aside right now and focus all my attention on Him, all my praise on Him, from the very first note, I'm going to praise because when you praise, your heart is opened up to His presence. And suddenly He comes in. And that weight is lifted off. And those thoughts, you start to think clearly. And you start to, that stuff that was worrying, you starts to get be put to the side. You're going, I don't need to worry about that because my God is bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any situation. He has the answer I need. And suddenly faith rises up because you're encountering Him in His presence. And sadly, some people can go through a whole service and get right to the end. And they're not even aware, they don't even feel His presence or understand that His presence was there. You know, you can have two people that can sit in a service and, and hear the same message, and one can be totally transformed, and the other can get to the end of the message and sort of walk out going, well, what was all that about? Think anything about that? I've talked to so many people where you see the extremes, and they've heard the same thing. The difference was their heart was open or their heart was closed. They're ready to receive, or they allowed maybe a whole lot of us stuff was just in the way, muddying the, muddying the whole thing. And it's like they just weren't hearing from God or encountering Him because there was all this stuff, baggage in the way, and God wants to get that out of the way and so you can see Him and encounter Him. God, God desires for everyone to encounter Him in every moment of every service. Remember, we're talking about a context of a service. This can be in life, this can be in your family, this can be in your workplace, whatever it may be. Jesus prayed for people all day if needed. Someday Jesus would hang around all day many times. He's praying for people, teaching people all day long. As many kept coming because he didn't want anyone to miss out. God doesn't want anyone to walk out of uh, this church or any other church without encountering him. He wants you to walk out of here with a touch from him, whatever that may be. Whatever that may be, He wants you to walk out of here different to how you came in, to take something with you, a word of encouragement, a word, a stirring in your spirit, whatever it may be, but He wants you to encounter Him. The Bible says there's several times that everyone that came were healed. 
There was a few times and everybody, every sick person in that place at that moment were healed. But Jesus healed them. They encountered his presence. The world we live in today, and I want to I talk about this and, then, and, and have a point at the end of it. The world we live in today is very much becoming an instant world. A microwave generation where they're, we're being trained to be able to just get things instantly. Like you, you put food in the microwave, you, you cook it. You couldn't do that, you know, decades ago. You had to, to put it in the oven or do whatever you had to do. And so it's like a microwave generation. And we've, But the, the world we live in is getting, there's more and more where we can get things instantly. And that is teaching this generation impatience where they're expecting things to happen straight away because they've had that, that before. And so, but if it doesn't happen instantly, they get frustrated or they get mad. It's like, oh, I need this, I need this right now. I need this right now. And it and becomes, you can easily get impatient. It's like you get, your phone doesn't do what you want it to do as fast as it usually does it. And you get impatient with your phone. You're going, I, just, I need a new phone. It's true. I, oh, this is not working properly. Get rid of it. Get another one. I can get it in the shop and get another one. Might cost me all my savings, but I get another one. I need it. I need it. I need it. I get frustrated. I need to get on Facebook wherever I am. I um, 25 years ago, I had a, there was a policeman lived in our caravan park that our family owns, and and uh, he got the latest mobile phone. Aaron, you'll like this. And um, and so this is 25 years ago, okay? And so I remember he shot. Well, I'm a teenager, uh, 14 or something like that. And um, and he's um. Yeah, and he turns up with it. Goes, look at this new phone I've got, and it was costs a lot of money. It costs five or six grand or something. And um, anyway, so it's about this big, and about that deep, and that wide. That was just the battery. <laughs> so it comes in this case, okay? But it's a mobile phone, okay? It's mobile, and um, this is where they came from. And so there's coming a case. So you pick up the case, and on attached to the case is a cord, curly cord, like a telephone, old telephone, and, um, and then you have your phone, which you can dial a number on the phone, and you put it on the thing, but you carry it around with you. So he'd walk up Harvey Bay, he lived in Brisbane as well, worked in Brisbane, and so he would walk around the streets of Brisbane or Harvey Bay or whatever, and he'd have his mobile. <laughs> and everyone's thought, oh, awesome. He's got, everyone's like, look, oh, he's got one of the new mobile phones. <laughs> this is not 200, 300 years ago. Young people, it's 25 years ago, some of you weren't born yet, didn't have little phones. And then phones got, the cool thing was the phones got smaller and smaller, and so you got this little, it's like, oh, how small can we get? Can't even read the screen, it doesn't matter. And so, and then, oh, then about 15 years ago, Oh, no, we can do more with our screens and we can get more. T- oh, let, we need the bigger screens again. So now the phones are gone big, 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 small, 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 small. And now they're going bigger screen, bigger screen, bigger screen. So soon you'll be walking around with like a, <laughs> just, just attach it permanently to your head with a screen. Like walking around like, whoa, I got, oh, Facebook, internet. I'm just walking, hey, how you going? Yeah, not talking to anyone. Everyone's on my, I only talk to people through this. And so... Some of the instant stuff and the access we have to technology have benefits. Microwave has benefits. We know that there's great things. But 
some of it is not good for us. Causes impatience. I want to tell you the kingdom of God is not instant. It's not like that. The kingdom of God doesn't work that way. God has processes in life. He has ways of process. If God gave everything to you instantly, whenever you wanted it, you would not grow. You would, you would not grow in wisdom. You would not grow and as a Christian. You would stay exactly the same and you become selfish and fall into sin. Because that's what, that's what our, gener- our generation, especially of young people, are very selfish. They want everything now. Expect it. If it doesn't happen, oh, why not? God's kingdom does not work that way. So that that culture causes us to be impatient, impatient with ourselves, impatient with God. Another example of this, just to punch this through, is sport at the moment. I love cricket, love play, play cricket or whatever. And uh, cricket, you know, 30, 40 years ago was only test cricket four or five days long. It was called test cricket because it was a test. Okay, just keep that in mind for a moment. Then we went to one day cricket, you know, 25 years ago, wherever it was, and, and uh, that was a big controversy. We can't just play for 50 overs or one day. That's terrible. Anyway, that all happened. Very successful. And then about 10 or 12 years ago, we have 2020, four-hour game, 20 overs each. We just smashed that little white ball as far as we can hit the thing out of the stadium if we can. And that's all fun and games. And then, and then the thing about this, though, is with cricket is this, that I, I watch players that play T20 get paid a lot of money to do it. You can play it all over the world. And then you then go, oh, they're playing really well. They're batting really well. They're, so they put them in a test team. They fail, 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 fail. Because they haven't got the patience. Haven't got the patience to block the ball, to stop the ball. Haven't got the patience and the strategy and the technique to bat all day long, to make a huge score. But God's kingdom is like a test match. It's not a big bash T20, even though that's fun. It's not about big bashes and whatever in life. It's about it's a test match. Tennis has got fast four tennis now recently. Brought a fast game of tennis. Netball this year introduced super netball. I haven't watched any of it, but it's super netball. What's it do? It's catering to a generation that has been taught everything must be instant. I haven't got the patience to like watch something about tennis game for two or three hours. I want to watch it in 45 minutes so I can get back on Facebook and do more stuff that I need to do. God's kingdom doesn't work that way. God is about process. He's about, he's, he wants you to grow and you grow through process. You grow through trials. You grow through tests. And, and, sometimes we, and so we come to church sometimes, and this is the point, that we, we come to church and think, oh, God, I need this now. I need to be healed now. I need this instantly now. Can you do it in 10 minutes because I've got to go somewhere and do something else? And God says, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll wait 10 months. Maybe I'll wait a bit longer until you get that it's not about you. It's not about your own life and selfishness. It's about Him first. God isn't a microwave God. He's not an instant God. His ways aren't like that. There's a, at a conference, this guy had this awesome illustration about a butterfly in a cocoon. 
And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, you've probably seen a video of it or something like that. Maybe you've seen one for real. But, you know, a butterfly's in a cocoon for a long time. And then it gets to a point where the butterfly, you know, it's, it's like a worm or whatever and grows into a butterfly in the cocoon. And it gets to the point where it starts to break out of the cocoon. Doesn't happen instantly. Takes a bit of time. Takes a long time, actually, for them to bite through and, and try and get through and eat their way out and open up a spot to get out. You know, and sometimes you can be watching that. And if you go, oh, the poor butterfly. Can I, oh, we need to help the butterfly, okay? We all need to help the butterfly. And so we need to find cocoons and we need to go, oh, let's get a little thing and open, you know, cut it open for the little butterfly cocoon thing. And so the butterfly can get out quicker. It'll have so much more freedom. And so it's working really hard, okay? We need to help the butterfly. If you do that, the butterfly will die. Because in the midst of him fighting, his wings and the butterfly's wings are growing stronger and developing in the cocoon. And when he's fighting and struggling, it's actually what's developing their wings. And if you let them out early, they're going to go, oh, I'm going to fly. And as they fly, their wings are going to snap and the butterfly will die. There's always a fight before flight. There's always a fight before the flight. There's always a fight before the breakthrough. And so sometimes when we come into church, we're just sitting there going, God, I just expect this to happen and that. And sometimes God does that. Some God, God's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. And He can touch anybody and heal anybody no matter what situation you're in, how you're feeling or whatever. But often I've found there's a moment where you've got to say, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to put aside those thoughts. I'm going to put aside those things. I'm going to make, I'm, today, God, I'm focusing my attention on you. I'm opening my heart to you in praise and worship. As you do that, suddenly His presence, you're aware of it so much greater, so much stronger. And in His presence, His power is released and His purpose is revealed. And so God is saying, what do you want me to do? Suddenly it comes very clear. His purpose becomes clear. He speaks to you clearly. Oh, you need healing in your body. It's all available in my presence. Worship team, you can come up. I've got two stories to share, and I'm trying to work out which one to share. Both. There's a, when I was 14 years old, I, um, I remember my mum, and two, I was with me and two of my friends. Youth Alive in those days was uh, only in Brisbane. There was no regional events, um, you know, years ago and probably 25 years ago or so. And there was a big event in Brisbane where there'd be like eight or 9,000 people would gather at the entertainment centre in Brisbane. And, and I remember um, my mum, like we wanted to go, we've never been before. And, um, and my mum said, I will drive you all the way down there. She wasn't going to it. I'll drive you and your mates all the way down, pay for a motel for the night and drive you home again the next day. And so, and I can remember doing that. I remember, because she understood something. She knew that we needed to encounter God. And we, we had a, I was still part of this church and the youth group was about 10 people. And, uh, and we didn't have like the band. We didn't have like, there's a lot more stuff around now than we didn't have then. And, and so the encounter, like I never saw a group of people, of youth bigger than 50 or whatever together. And so we get there, we get in a place of thousands and, I'm, and we're like, this is amazing. And I can still remember, it was called To The Max. It was sponsored by Pepsi and it was called To The Max. And, uh, and I can remember, and I can still remember, I've got a picture in my head, but I can still remember being in worship about 10 rows back with this incredible presence of God, with people all around me crying and bawling their eyes out in the presence of God, encountering God in the middle of a worship song. And, I th and that, and I thought, this is incredible. 
and it like and but it's like and then for my mum it, it was inconvenient. It costs money. It was a lot of work driving to Brisbane up and back the next day. It was for her she said, Oh look, you God will take care of it, he'll be can but she knew she felt I need to give them this experience. And then, you know, for the last 20 years, guess what I've been doing? Taking kids to Brisbane to conferences. Going to Youth Alive. Because I remember when I was 14, I encountered God. And, that, and I knew what happened in my life. And I thought, some of these kids, they can encounter God here and they do. But there's times when they need to go and just see what God is doing on a larger scale. And so I'm taking... I've taken thousands of kids in the last 20 years that have encountered God and you watch them and they're hard at heart and they're like, and it's like sometimes it's a conference, you see this, I saw this this week, you get kids and they're like, sometimes they're hard heart and it takes the first day nothing. They're like, oh yeah. You saw everyone's jumping up and down, there's sweat flying everywhere. It's like, oh yeah. And then, it's okay, it's holy sweat. And so, um, and so... And then second day, nothing. And, you know, and then by the last day, suddenly something breaks through. I've seen it so many times. Suddenly they've been, they've been in the presence of God. And suddenly it's like you're in the, you can only be in the presence of God for so long before something happens. And suddenly their heart is broken wide. And you see that they're weeping in God's presence. They're responding in an altar call. And there's been a breakthrough that's happened. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes you're fighting for others. Sometimes you're fighting for yourself. But the fight is what brings you to flight. The fight is what brings you into the presence of God. We're out of time. There's a story. and you can, I'm not going to read it, but Paul and Silas, they get arrested for casting a demon out of a girl that like was going around and she was like a fortune teller and people making money off her and, and she was following Paul and Silas around and saying, oh, listen to these guys. They're the, they're the you know, the, 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 to speak on behalf of the Most High God and, but she was doing it distractively and, and, uh, and following around. And finally, Paul got fed up and he turns around and just come out in Jesus' name. That's all he does. She's instantly set free and these people are mad because, because they were making all the money out of her and then so they had them arrested. They beat them, beat them like, badly beat them and threw them in prison and they're sitting in prison and they could have been all down and out they could have been like this is too hard i'm sick of this you know god we're serving you we, we all we did is mention the name of jesus and now we're in jail and they could have all the excuses in the world and what do they do it at late at night they begin to praise they give into praise they choose to praise. I'm going to praise you. They're in the inner dungeon. It would have been horrible, horrible, horrible conditions. They're in the inner dungeon. They begin to praise and they praise and the earthquake comes and God's power comes in the middle of their praise. They're aware of His presence. His power comes, shakes off every chain, opens every door. Every prisoner is free. They're free. The prisoners are free. And then... The jailer sees what's going on and he goes, oh, they're all free. I'm going to die anyway. And he begins and gets a knife to kill himself. Paul goes, don't, we're all here. We haven't escaped. And then the Bible says that the jailer, seeing what they'd done and who Paul was, says these words. He says, what must I do to be saved? He realizes the presence and power of God. And then and the Bible says that his whole family believe in God, are saved and baptized. Paul and Silas are released the next day officially. Presence to God came when they worshipped. Power of God came and set people free. And what if God's purpose out of that whole ordeal was for the jailer and his family to be saved? For Paul to go through all that 
and Silas to go through all that beating and everything, but for a whole family to be saved. They were like, God, we're okay with that. Whatever you want to do, your purposes prevail. Why don't you stand to your feet? In his presence, his power is released and his purpose is revealed. This is what I want to do, just finish off today. Did this in the first service. If there's people here that I just believe God wants to heal people this morning. So if you're here and you need physical healing, emotional healing, sickness or disease, whatever it may be, it could be something small, could be something big or whatever. Whatever it is, I believe God wants to encounter you and, 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 and heal you this morning. And the team are going to pray for you. And I just want you to get out of your seat and come and stand along the front here on this black line. If you need healing in your body, just come and stand at the front here. His presence, His power is released. That's what's going to happen now. His power is going to be released and His presence is here. And His purpose is going to be revealed. God's going to speak to some people this morning and may already have about he's going to, he's, there's some ideas and thoughts and he's changing or thinking about some things and, and God and he's saying, God, what is your purpose? What do you want me to do? What do you want for this year? What do you, what do you want? You can ask the questions like Moses did. Before we pray, if you're here today and you're saying, hey, I don't know Jesus. I've been talking about Jesus. I've been talking about him, who he is. He's your saviour. What that means is he died for your sin. He took your place on the cross. He paid the punishment for your sin by giving his life so that you could know God, so you could be forgiven, so you could be washed clean of your sin and had like a brand new start with God and relationship with God, knowing Him. And if you're here today and say, well, I don't know God in that way. I've never done that before. Or maybe you've done it a long time ago, but you're sort of thinking, I'm just, just doing my own thing. I'm, I'm away from Him. I'm not close to Him. He wants to know you. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 